Do you ever think to yourself, there's not enough good food? If only there was something new, something delicious, an alternating current of flavor. I'm Ari Kagan, and on this episode of Things You Don't Need to Know, we go on a culinary quest for the ages as I attempt to invent a food. Our journey begins at the forefront of modern technology, Taco Bell. Taco Bell is one of the most innovative companies in the world. Think about it. How many times have you been sitting in front of your TV or just, you know, browsing the internet or even listening to the radio and you've heard an ad for some new creation that the uh, geniuses at the Taco Bell Innovation Lab have cooked up? Is the $1 stacker reserved for a secret society or just anyone with a dollar? The new Naked Egg Taco, only at Taco Bell. Just when you thought that they'd exhausted all opportunity with taco shells, beef, beans, cheese, lettuce, and I don't know, whatever else they have, they find something new. When I walk into the kitchen in the middle of the night looking for something to make, I only have a few ingredients. Taco Bell only has a few ingredients. So I thought to myself, if I'm going to invent a food, I need to talk to the people who are best at inventing foods. So I emailed Taco Bell with this once-in-a-lifetime publicity opportunity. And they got back to me with this. Hi, Ari. We are going to pass on this opportunity. Pass? Well, at least they got back to me. OJ's lawyer didn't get back to me. But I wasn't going to let them declining my interview stop me. You see, I know where Taco Bell lives. All right, outside Taco Bell right now. Brought my sister along for the ride. Hi. <laughs> um, Do you have a name? Sophie. <laughs> Some people in the drive-thru window are giving us funny looks because I'm holding a massive mic, but uh, I'm here with my Crunchwrap Supreme and I'm going to be trying it for the very first time. Just wanted to interject here. This is the first time I have ever tried any Taco Bell product in my life. I haven't even drank their water. Matter of fact, the day I recorded this was the first time I'd ever even been inside of one of their restaurants. Here it is. Wow, it's like a... Uh... It's like a stop sign. It's almost a stop it's sign. Very angular. It's a hexagon. Huh? Yeah. Get some ASMR really close. Is it good? Are you gonna eat the rest? It's not bad. It's just more bland than anything. You know, it's kind of just like. I feel like you didn't even get anything. You gotta do another bite. Okay, I'll do another bite. Cause there is crunch. Are you getting the crunch? It has very good texture, but I wouldn't say it's better than Chipotle. I almost feel like it's a different flavor profile. It is. Cause like Chipotle is good, but it's not quite like, it's not as good as authentic stuff. Yeah. But this is a little, it I, just feels processed. I could live better off Chipotle than I could Taco Bell. Oh yeah, I don't think I could live off Taco Bell. Okay, overall, it's it's honestly better than I thought that it would be, but it's not, it does still doesn't have any flavor. It's got great texture. Like they've got their texture down. Do they have this patented though? Like why doesn't Chipotle do their little remix on this? Cause I feel like Chipotle is just not creative with what they got. I looked into this and believe it or not, Taco Bell actually tried to patent the Crunchwrap Supreme, specifically its outer shell. They didn't end up getting the patent. My best guess is because there are just too many similar items, like dumplings, for example. Food is a relatively tricky thing to patent because in order to get one, it must be new and non-obvious. For that reason, they're usually only given out to very unique things, such as animal product substitutes or a soft drink that relies on a very specific recipe. But here's a fun fact for you. Coca-Cola isn't actually patented. In 1893, they applied for a patent, but in order to receive it, they needed to publish their full ingredients list. 
Unwilling to do so, they decided to keep the secret formula all to themselves. And to this day, there is no patent on that sugary drink. But we've gone on too long of a tangent here. Getting back to Chipotle. Chipotle is a great comparison because both restaurants have roughly the same ingredients. And while I personally think Chipotle is a lot better, you can't deny that they're kind of boring. At Chipotle, you're basically limited by whatever you can put into your burrito. And that's fine. There are a lot of good combinations. My friend Tyler actually likes to make quesaritos, which is basically a massive quesadilla that then gets used as the burrito wrapper. But it's nowhere near the level of creativity of the Kit Kat quesadilla, which is something that was actually offered at Taco Bell. And that was when I realized that I wanted to give people the same excitement for my food that they have for Taco Bell. The Kit Kat quesadilla, or as it was advertised, the chocoladilla, was literally just a flour tortilla with Kit Kats inside. It very much reminds me of when I was, I believe, in first grade and we had a substitute teacher come in and tell us that she was going to make us apple pizza. In my mind, I was thinking a normal pizza, but with apples instead of cheese. I don't know why I thought that, but that was just the image that it created in my head. I want to say 90% of the class shared my sentiments. Of course, there were a few people who thought outside the box and realized what it actually was, but for the most part, people were like, no, nah, you got pineapple. We're not letting fruit get any more advancements on our sacred slice. So we all gather around the table, and very quickly we learn that this is not going to be your average margarita pizza. What we were actually making was like a flat apple pie. Kind of, sort of, a tart, but very obviously pizza. And it was absolutely delicious, and we all wanted to make it again, and we all regretted saying that we didn't want to eat apple pizza. I've gone on too long, but the idea of using foods that you wouldn't normally think go well together, for example, you know, apple pizza or a Kit Kat quesadilla, two dishes that sound absolutely disgusting, but actually are really good because they're nothing like what they sound. Not only is this genius marketing, but it's going to be really useful later on when I sit down to make my food. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Given that I was about to be making something that was absolutely ridiculous, I figured a great place to start would be, you guessed it, my friend Chris's little brother, Stephen. Stephen is always eating interesting concoctions, whether it's a grilled cheese where the bread is cheese or maybe chicken nuggets with melted cheese. Legend has it, he once made cheese cereal. So without any further ado, please welcome Cheese Whiz, Stephen Rio. Gang, how the hell are you? He literally always answers the phone like that. I'm good. Uh, I was just wondering, what food concoction are you most proud of, and what can I do to make a great dish like yours? I would say the most proud I've ever been of my food was definitely my buffalo mac with the most delicate hint of truffle oil. Very elegant dish. And if I were to give you one tip of advice in your your conquest, you can never go wrong with cheese. You, you can never go wrong with cheese. Adding cheese to something never goes wrong. How do you come up with this stuff? Is it just like in your kitchen? Like, what do you do? Like I've always said, my body is almost the vessel for my mind and my soul. I don't know how to even describe it. It's just, it's like art. 
an artist sometimes doesn't know what they're drawing until they're already halfway through the painting, you know? You just have to follow your, your mind and your spirit, and you will not fail. What if I do fail? Is there any way to save the dish? Just put a shit ton of cheese. Is it true that you've eaten cheese cereal? No comment. We're about to go to commercial break. When we come back, I invent a food. Welcome back. Why don't we run on over to the kitchen? I'm in the kitchen now. Please excuse the ridiculously loud hum from our industrial refrigerator. Let's see what we've got. Okay. Milk, half and half. Blueberries. There's almost so much stuff in here that I don't even know where to begin. We got some salads, chicken breasts. We really do have everything. This is rather unusual. Cream cheese. That could be useful. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to stuff the chicken with cheese. There's a pie crust. I could use that too. So I ended up taking a chicken breast, stuffing it with cheese, wrapping that in salami, and then wrapping that in a pie crust. Well, I I took the pie crust out, thawed it out, turned the dough into better crust material and wrapped it around the chicken breast. It's kind of like a beef wellington, but chicken and cheese. I don't know how much the cheese is gonna add to this dish, but I feel like it certainly makes it a little bit more unique, and it was Steven's main point of advice, so I feel like I have to do it. All right, so it's come out of the oven now. It's, it looks golden brown and delicious. I don't know how it'll taste. I'm gonna have my sister try it because I feel like I'll be a little biased. What are your initial impressions? Oh my God, you just are obsessed with Beef Wellington. <laughs> Let me try this. How does it look? What Gross. Are <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, it's golden brown and delicious at least. <laughs> it looks kind of like a loaf of bread. Yeah. All right, let's try this. What are you, well, before you eat it, how good do you think it's gonna be based on just the description? I give it like a five out of 10. A five out of ten? I think it's gonna be. Just okay. okay. Yeah, it's just okay. Alright, give it a try. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um, not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Okay. It's alright. I think the salami threw me off. Everything else is like the salami adds like a nice uh, Italian feel. Here, let me let me try a little bit. I mean like I'm eating more. Yeah. The salami adds kind of a flavor to the meat, to the chicken that wouldn't ordinarily be there, I feel like. I don't know, you've got the cheese, you've got the bread. I feel like that was enough. I'd give it a seven. I mean, like, a six. That's pretty good, I feel like. Would I eat again? No. I have to admit, on my first attempt, I kind of just threw everything together. I didn't really think about how things would pair. I just wanted to make something. In hindsight, I think that this was a rather stupid move, even though Taco Bell seemingly just picks ingredients out of a hat, they definitely spend a lot of time trying to find the best combinations. I also think it would be a good idea to speak to a chef. Steven, I love you, but simply adding cheese to things doesn't cut it. I'm Sola Awele. I'm a chef and recipe developer, and I've been told I'm a really good dog mom. You might also know Sola from her beautiful expose of Bon Appetit's Test Kitchen. What to you makes a good dish? Well, from the diner's perspective, I think it really depends on the dish itself. You know, like, I don't think everything needs to have color or texture or, you know, acid. You know, it really depends on each individual dish. So, like, if we're talking about a cheeseburger, what are the main characteristics I'm looking for, like, in the ideal cheeseburger? So, for me, that's, like, a really good sear on high-quality, freshly ground meat, melty cheese, fluffy bun. And then when we're looking at like unique dishes that aren't, you know, like a chef's creation, I guess it's like, does the dish make me feel something? Does it seem like there's a story behind it? 
it needs to like feel like it connects and everything needs to feel like it has a purpose. And I think a good dish doesn't have like too many extra things that aren't there for any reason. Simplicity, I guess. Have you ever invented a food yourself? I guess kind of, yeah, I think so. Um, like I did this fried chicken that I wanted to have all the flavors of gunpowder spice. Um, so gunpowder spice is this spice blend in India. It, it's less a spice blend and actually like more of a dry chutney. So it's a mix of like dried toasted lentils, coconut, chili, lime, and you, you use it as a condiment. You know, you can rip off your hot idlis and dip it in there. Um, you can also mix it with a little bit of mustard oil and like smear that on vegetables. And I really wanted the flavors of that in like a Southern style fried chicken. I kind of thought about what I liked best about both of those things and tried to mash it together. So I wanted a chicken that was juicy, had a big, like nice crunchy craggly crust, but then I wanted all of those like nutty flavors. The chicken, instead of being dredged in flour, it's dressed, dredged in chickpea flour because that gives you that nutty toasted lentil vibe. It all came together to give you the vibe of both. Do you have any advice for me inventing a food? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess just uh, do a lot of research. I feel like um, with food especially, because it's something we're all really familiar with, like at, on some level, because everybody eats. I'm currently working on a chocolate chip cookie recipe for my cookbook, and I've made a lot of chocolate chip cookies. I think I know about chocolate chip cookies, but I've come across like so many cool things. I think I've cooked through like 12 different chocolate chip cookie recipes now, and every single one you learn something new. I think it's important to just like have a really open mind and see what's out there, and that's when you can come up with like really cool ideas. My really cool idea comes from an age-old classic, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's three simple ingredients, bread, peanut butter, and jelly, but I'm gonna take it to the next level. I'm gonna turn the bread into French toast and use the best peanut butter and jelly I can possibly find. I'm using challah for the bread because it's light and fluffy and can easily take on plenty of milk and egg. I tried this a few times and found the best ratio for a lovely airy toast is one cup of milk for every three eggs. If you want even less of an eggy flavor, use only the yolks. Then I add a pinch of cinnamon and a splash of vanilla. They're way better if you let them soak in the fridge overnight. I experimented with pan frying and baking. Baking is much better to me because they cook more evenly and you don't get any burning. If you're planning on trying this at home, it's 30 minutes in the oven at 350 degrees. Once they're golden brown, let them cool and lather them with peanut butter and jelly. You're dealing with a lot of toast here, so I like to go heavy on the condiments. Something I haven't told you is that my mom is an actual chef, so I spared her on my first creation, but I think this is definitely something worthy of her trying. Mmm. Oh, the peanut butter is just like hitting the back of my tongue. It's good. like the jam, but I need something to drink. Out of 10, what would you give it? Honestly, not just because you're my mom. Oh, wow. I just got cinnamon. I didn't notice that there. That lifted it to like a 9.5. All right, a 9.5 for mom is pretty good, but it's nothing compared to the harsh critic that is my sister. I feel like it would be something I would see on like Instagram when on the for you on the explore page where you're like scrolling and it's like dumb shit. But I don't actually think I've ever seen it before. Uh, it looks kind of good though. Uh, I feel like it could use like milk or something. Like a, like a drink? Yeah. Mom said that too. Yeah. Um, I like the jam, I like the raspberry. 
I didn't get an out of 10 rating from her, but based on the reaction, I think she would definitely eat it again, and that's good enough for me. I think if there's anything that I've taken from trying to invent a food, it's that it's fucking delicious. Sure, sometimes you mess up and you burn your chicken and your whole house is filled with smoke, but you know, you open the window and you let it air out and you try again. What I will say is that I don't think that I actually invented either of these foods. I looked them up later and it turns out they both already exist. But you know what, I had a lot of fun making them, so I'm gonna consider this a victory anyway. Lastly, I'm challenging you to make a food. Try to make something. Tag me on Instagram and Twitter at Ari Kagan. And as always, thanks for listening.